Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me. I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. It's Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. How nice you are. Hey, the other day I was uh, watching, and, and I'm not joking when I say this, I watched Judge Jerry now and then. I was telling you driving over here, I look yeah. in on it now and then. And I think, and we were talking with some people in the studio audience before the show began, it's a very good judge show. It's a straight, and you're funny, you, you know, do quips, and but you know what you're doing, and you're a Northwestern Law School graduate, which we said before, you've been mayor of Cincinnati, you've been a city council member, you ran for governor. I mean, you're a legit uh, political animal, and the show is very good, and I'm very happy for you all kidding aside. I did notice in a show where the plaintiff, I believe, because there's a plaintiff and a defendant, referenced a SIM card. Get this, Maria. Now, you know what a SIM card is. I know Uh what a SIM card is. They brought up a SIM card. (laughs) Well, Jerry, I got the SIM card, and I saw my friend Jerry's face go blank. I thought, she doesn't know what the hell a SIM card is. Take out your cell phone right now and hold it up. Now, for Facebook Live... Open it up so they can see it's an actual flip phone. Unflip it. That's his cell. He didn't know what a SIM card is. That thing still works. We are so screwed. Well, okay. First of all, Uh I don't know what it is. (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) no. But you, if you look look closely, this is a new one. Is that a new flip phone? I swear to God. Mine broke. Yeah. I, Uh I just opened it up to... Get a call, and it it snapped off. It, un- <laughs> it unflipped. It flipped all the way. And I panicked because <laughs> yeah, he's holding. It, hey, he's holding. I'm holding things. two yeah, separate right. things, so <laughs> I could dial out, but the top part couldn't yeah. hear anything. Yeah, sure. Oh no, you decapitated. Now I go to. A, I looked it up. It was. It said AT and T on it. So uh-huh. I go to an AT and T store, and they say we don't. They didn't have this anymore. No, of course not. <laughs> Wait, I well, thought... what am I going to do? Because now that's where I first heard, what do you call it? A the SIM, SIM card? card, yeah. Because so basically a memory said, card. go to Best Buy. Card. Go to Best Buy, yeah. So, I, oh no, it wasn't Best It was Target. Yeah. So I'm in Target. You know, we're doing some Christmas shopping. And I saw a stand there, AT&T. So I go up with my two parts of the phone. Yeah. And they sold me this. For like $35. I imagine. It's, it's just, unbelievable. It's just drug dealers buying and it works and burner yeah. phones yeah, yeah, it's a burner and Jerry, <laughs> and Jerry Springer. And, well, but they, anyway. did, they took something out of the base. That's a SIM the, card. That's yeah. the SIM card. Anyway, I was... That has all the information on that's it? Scott, that's one of its functions. God, do I know <laughs> SIM cards? <Yeah. laughs> so I was on social media and... Uh, Maria, you and I are Facebook friends, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, we joke about this, but we love the fact that Ludlow, Kentucky, who would have thought, has become kind of the headquarters for the creative class. It's not yeah. the only thing going on in this little river town, <clears throat> but it is going on. Yeah. You're part of that. My wife and I are part of that. Uh, our musical guest tonight, Jordan Smart, is part of that. He mm-hmm. didn't come from Ludlow, Kentucky. I didn't. You didn't. Yeah. We're here. Anyway, there was a post that you put up, 
and I it stunned me. It was awesome, not mm-hmm. in a bad way. But oh, this is really cool because mm-hmm. it is a peek into I believe a peek into the window of the life of a singer songwriter. Yeah, and it was a post in which you said, "I'm having some doubts." Or yeah. I've had some doubts. I'm a singer-songwriter. You have a college degree. You and I talked about this, an mm-hmm. environmental studies uh, degree. You could go out and, and get, do I have that right? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yep. So you could get work. I could name 10 places in the Cincinnati area that you could interview with. And yeah. But you've chosen to pursue your creative side of your being. Yeah. And with that comes... A lot of stuff. And then you were saying this post sometimes I think about maybe I should just get it like a nine to five. <laughs> oh, yeah. But tell us a little bit about those dynamics that happen to creative people like yourself. Yeah, I think I think it's important to talk about because it's like, well, what, you know, so much of your life as a performer is public. I mean, is on stage. And then when you get to the gigs, it's like it's like everyone knows you, but you don't necessarily know everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a dynamic that's important in that whole uh, sentiment that I was expressing. Essentially, it's, you know, you, you you choose this life of essentially freelance. You know, you don't have you don't have steady work. Sometimes you have amazing gigs that pay your rent in one gig. And then sometimes and then you can work six gigs and not even make like your whole rent, you know. Um, but it's just interesting because it's, it's, I've had to learn a lot, um, trying to essentially build my own business as an entrepreneur. I'm the head of Maria Corelli music and, and learning what it takes to kind of balance that. And it, and sometimes I do think of like, you know, when you're young, you're like, Oh, I'm, I can just like live out of my car or whatever, (laughs) but, um, you get older and, and it's like, I I think, you know, this is part of what we talked about a little is like, you know, I yearn, I yearn for like a routine sometimes. And honestly, like I think about this with you, Jerry, like being like, I mean, I'm in no way a celebrity, but it's like, my job is a public job and I like, I truly do. I would love to like see what your, um, how you feel about it. Like, how do you find that balance? I mean, gen- like genuinely, this isn't even scripted or anything. I'm just it's, like, yeah. it's very similar because he does yeah. not have, has not had for a while since the news business, a real kind of nine to five gig. You're, you sell your skit, your skills, your communication skills and your yeah. celebrity. My situation is so abnormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every job I ever had was given to me, yeah. which is not a normal thing. The only job I ever applied for was oh. mayor because you have to run for that. But every other job, I was recruited out of law mm. school. Uh, you know, I ran for office, and then if, while I was in office, I was recruited by Channel 5 to do the news. Yeah. The executive, the executive producer, the CEO of the station also owned the company owned talk shows so they said they assigned me to take over for Phil Donahue you know? yeah and so I got that and because I had that then that show took over, took off and because of that I get to do all these other things so I can't tell you all I can tell you mm. is that since I've been a grown-up I have never not been known 
Every job yeah. I've had has been a public job. Now, admittedly, initially, it was only within Cincinnati, but yeah. it's kind of like everyone knows you in Cincinnati because you're either the mayor or the news anchor for 10 years. And then when the show took off, it was... So I can't compare it to anything else. It's a, But I've got the same friends, mm. sadly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've never felt any different because I happen to be well known. I still have the exact same interests. And yeah. Well, I guess I, I guess I'm just like curious about like, you know, those times where you go out and you have to do like a public thing or something and you don't necessarily like feel like maybe this is just because I'm an introvert trying to do an extroverted job, which is comes that's with its own set of yeah. stuff. Because he's an extrovert. Because like, yeah. So and that's always a, was from what I know. <laughs> so that makes that's sense. a good point, Maria. That's Cause, a because yeah. you know, a like af- yeah. like after this, I just I all you know, like after my shows, I just want to just like be alone and I get drained, and I think maybe that's where that well, post was coming I, I from. I appreciated. You representing, and this is, I think, a cool thing about social media is mm-hmm. that people put stuff out there, and it, I bet, was useful to other creative people yeah. who could empathize with what you were feeling and would nod their head yes and say, I've been there. Yeah. And you ended with something that I thought was powerful, which is, but I love doing this. Yeah. And I, it's... I, you know, it's it's so fulfilling and so interesting that that's what keeps me doing it. By the way, in Cincinnati, there's an organization was started by one of my former students because I was in the education business mm. for many years. Uh, Tammy Harkavy, who started an organization called Artworks, mm. and Artworks gets artists, it's a yeah. nonprofit, and they teach them how to make livings. Mm-hmm. from being an artist, whether it's a singer-songwriter, a painter, yeah. theater person, etc. Because creative people often don't know the nuts and bolts of entrepreneurialism. They yeah. don't know how to pull that all together and, and have, you know, do their own accounting or get an accountant and how to yeah. promote themselves. All the stuff you're doing of booking and promoting branding and marketing mm-hmm. and all of that is uh, all the part of the deal. Yeah. So I just compliment you for how you articulated it Thank you. and the fact that you, uh, I think help other artists to, uh, yeah. feel that and think that through. And that was the biggest part, you know, yeah. and is the biggest part of like why I do it. Like you said, like it's the connection with other people. It's like, you know, it's like, um, I, above anything, I just want to like feel like as humans on this earth, we're connected and no matter what we're doing, who we are, yeah, what we look it. like, we're always going to like, want to be like want to be with each other and like know each other in and out and it's like why I try to be this unreachable like thing it's like no I'm you know everyone's struggling like I've I've spoken about like like mental health and like therapy and like trying to break that stigma of therapy and just all sorts of stuff like that especially being musicians who struggle a lot with substance abuse oh, yeah. and alcoholism sure. and drugs. And like, I don't know. That's why I just like, I, I hunger to like, I don't know, hear about how other people like in the public figure deal, deal with like that kind of an up and down. Life yeah. And well, good for you. And uh, Maria Corelli is, uh, you're cool. Thanks for, thanks for getting in all that. I think that uh, matters to a lot of people. Jerry question over to you. Uh, Nikki Haley former uh, ambassador to the UN. UN and former governor of South Carolina. 
shifted her position recently, I think, from what I read on the Confederate flag. There's a big controversy about the take them down and statues and all that. What's your take on that? Well, I, it's very significant, I think, for a reason beyond Nikki Haley. Uh, I start out with this. Let me say this. Obviously, not every Republican is a racist, okay? So let's just say that right off. However, it's hard not to argue that the Republican Party today has become an institutional home for those people who are white supremacists that they can feel welcome or they can feel, gee, I'm now part of the mainstream. I can be a Republican. And I think Nikki Haley, her behavior in the last week or two is evidence of that, and, and not that she's a white supremacist, but, but because she's not, but her behavior is indicative of something. Look, she was governor of South Carolina. In 2015, there was that horrible shooting by the white supremacists where he killed uh, nine people in an African-American church in South Carolina. They were in church praying, and he killed them. And he was carrying, he had a manifesto, and also carrying the Confederate flag. You know, claiming white supremacy, and he killed the black people. So what Nikki Haley did as governor of South Carolina, they had on top of the Capitol that, by the way, had been put there in the year 2000 as a protest against the U.S. Congress saying you couldn't have uh, literacy tests for voting anymore. You know, that the southern states had been using that as a means of trying to keep African-Americans from voting. Uh, they would quickly make up a test for if an African-American showed up to register to vote. They would ask ridiculous questions. The African-American didn't know the answer to it. No one would, and so they weren't permitted to vote. Congress did away, from, away with that in 2000. As a protest, the state of South Carolina put its Confederate flag on top of the state house. On, in 2015, when that animal shot the, killed the nine uh, black people who were praying in church, she took the Confederate flag off of the state capitol because he had been waving one. And it was seen by any rational person as a very understandable and good and decent thing for her to be doing. And she was widely praised, obviously not by white supremacists and not by a portion of the people in South Carolina, not all of them. And uh, so that was a great move. And since that time, and then when she was made a UN uh, ambassador, she has been viewed, and she's a very bright person and was considered moderate. And so she's been viewed as really what is the Republican, what is the hope for the Republican Party once Trump is gone? Can it revert back to being a serious political party again? And she was viewed as one of the front runners already for 2024. 
that, wow, she's, you know, the Republicans could put her up, and she seemed reasonable and bright, moderate, a woman, an Indian American. Um, so, wow, that, on paper, politically, that looks like a pretty good move for the Republicans. Now, this last week, she was on Glenn Beck's podcast. And they were talking, apparently, about all that movement of the flag, etc. And she said she was upset at the time that this white supremacist sicko took the Confederate flag and basically, in her words, hijacked it because it had been standing, in her words, for Southern heritage and for Southern history. And, oh my gosh, she was, first of all, a thousand percent wrong on the history of the Confederate flag. But it shows, because you've got to think that she's smarter than that, and she knows exactly what the flag had stood for. And when people are waving it, you know their politics from day one. But she was doing it because she's being talked about running for president in 2024. And you can't get, the lesson here is you can't get the Republican nomination for president anymore unless you bow down to white supremacists because they're a significant part of the Republican Party now. That is the truth. That's not a partisan statement. It is, that's what someone with the status of a Nikki Haley, what she has to do in her mind to be considered a nominee for the Republican Party. The Confederate flag was to honor the Confederates in the Civil War. Now, you can say that the soldiers that fought on the Southern side were brave. All soldiers are brave. You have to be brave to go out there and get shot at. There's no question about that. But why would you honor the cause when the cause was to save slavery? when the cause was to attack the United States of America by firing on Fort Sumter and then killing Americans, fighting against the United States of America, fighting against the American flag. That's what we're going to honor? We don't... What would you say if people were waving the flag of the flag of Germany during World War II, and you know what that flag was, would you say, well, they're just honoring the soldiers? Really? So if you're African-American, how do you think an African-American must feel every time they see that flag being waved? It's white supremacy. That's exactly what the flag honors. It has nothing to do with 
You want to honor soldiers for being brave? You want to honor your relatives? Fine, but not for the cause. The cause was America's greatest sin, along with what we did to Native Americans. Those are our original sins. The sin is racism. And that is undeniable. And to in 2024, to be thinking that we're going to have candidates for president that have to bow to, to white supremacy in order to be able to take the office of president of the United States, if that doesn't send shivers down your spine, nothing will. All right, folks, we're going to get our musical guest on up. Um, again, we want to give a big old warm welcome to Jordan Smart, everybody. Hey, Jordan. So uh, what song do you have for us, Jordan? Uh, this is called Heart of It All. Been out in the world trying to make my own way I've seen the coming and going of many long days I climbed some great big mountains and tumbled right back down I slept out with some hobos on cardboard on the ground There's times I didn't know if I'd ever see you again Times I didn't know if I still had a friend Been so worn down it took all I had to crawl Back into your arms, back to the heart Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Caught buses and planes and I stuck out my thumb I prayed for a chariot, it's still yet to come be on the right path and I'd get led astray and I'd sing Lordy, oh Lord, I can't go home this way. There's times I didn't know if I'd ever see you again. Times I didn't know if I still had a friend. Been so worn down it took all I had to crawl. Back into your arms, back to the heart. Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Back into your arms, back to the heart Took all I had to crawl 
Back into your arms, back to the heart Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Back into your arms, back to the heart Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Back into your arms, back to the heart Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Back into your arms, back to the heart Back into your arms, back to the heart of it all Jordan. Um, oh, thank you. I want to remind everyone uh, one more time how awesome it is uh, that all, all the musicians that we get on this podcast, um, they write their own songs. And uh, it's just, I think we're incredibly lucky to have these musicians pass through here. So again, Jordan's smart, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Please remind us where we can uh, listen to your stuff, where folks can subscribe to you, buy your music, hear some more of your stuff, see your dates coming up. Uh, my website is jordansmartmusic.com, and you can find my music for streaming on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, Deezer, Tidal, anywhere you stream music online, it's available there. It's also available on jordansmartmusic.bandcamp.com. You can purchase music there as well. Awesome. Will you take us out on a down by the riverside and let Jerry join? I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, lay down my heavy load down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Yeah. Down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my heavy load down by the riverside. Lord.